0: Besser centers, and here's Peterson scores. <laughs>
1: Weapons. To, these. to build more weapons
0: to these. To submit... hello everyone welcome to episode 37 of the avid Discussers podcast now part of the area 51 sports network which is presented by high stick vodka and manscaped so you might have heard by now that the show is still the same like I'm still hosting. Same name and same great sports talk. But there are some changes. Hockey is still the primary sport of this this podcast, but um we will be emphasizing on Vancouver Warriors Lacrosse, especially when their season begins. I'm gonna our today's guest will film me on that. Some more Chelsea talk. I hope to have some more Chelsea related guests. And football-related guests in general, NFL, and all other sports. But hockey is still will still be here, but not as m- not as often. And episodes will be coming out midweek more often than weekends. And depending on guest conflicts, episodes we might have sometimes two, sometimes three episodes per week. So more great content for you, and and. Episodes may be Are going to be shorter And some episodes will just be a full on interview But you'll still hear my awful takes Every now and then too So if forgot to mention that I'm Josh Horay, Your host per usual Nothing's changed Except we're part of a network now Called the Area 51 Sports Network It's also the home of The podcast I edit for Point Shot Hockey and thanks to Sean Warren for putting this network all together. He is the founder of Area Fifty One, after all. And Point Shot, and Point Shot, they will. Um, you'll get m- more hockey content with Sean, Malcolm, Sam, Brad, Carter, and sometimes me. So yeah, this is a new exciting era for this show, and hopefully you'll stick along for the ride. Because Less Because things are going to get great Same show But there will be different things Like some You might hear some returning guests And some new guests you might That you might not have Expected on the show either So Yeah This is it This is it now Avid Discussers is part of Area 51 Sportsnet the Area Fifty One name is back because Point Shot was called Area Fifty One up until, I believe, November, and then they rebranded to Point Shot. But that name didn't retire for long; it is now the network, and big things are coming up for the network too, like we two podcasts so far. But long term, uh, we might have more podcasts, maybe some writing—I don't know. We'll see, and hmm, maybe even some merch. Maybe. I wonder what kind of designs you'd like to see. But anyway, uh, on to the sports talk. The Canucks have won four straight games since we last spoke. Four. That's three against Ottawa and one against Winnipeg, which many believe, I even I believe, it was their best performance. Because for once, they didn't give up at least 30 shots. They only gave up, what, like 24 against the Jets? And the defense actually played pretty well. And part of it, you could say, has to do with Actually, Demko's play, but he didn't really have a busy night, except for maybe the first period, and just it was it was fun to see, and, and so that kind of proves the Canucks don't aren't always isn't just a good team against Ottawa. They can be a good team when, but the things have to go right. Nils Hoglander. He's his work ethic is really, really, really good. Like he's the way he battles along the boards. He, like I said in my my post game write up, he's like a dog with the bone. He, he he doesn't just want the puck; he must have it. When he loses it, he really, really wants it back. Brock Besser's shot looks more, even more confident now, uh, and I believe he is tied or in second in the league in goals, which is which is great. A um, lot of lines coming together. Like, they struggled against the Flames and the Habs, but Elias Pedersen scoring again, JT Miller scoring again, and, of course, Brock Besser scoring again. Their chemistry and the way they cycle the puck and how they keep up the offensive zone pressure, that is key to the Canucks' success. Second line, too, with Horvat, Pearson, and Hoaglander. They're a fun line, too. So, the thing is, when the top six is firing on all cylinders, the cocks are going places. But when they aren't, uh, things kind of deteriorate. Um, yeah, as mentioned, Thatcher Demko, he, he... I think he's pretty much the number one, one guy now. And this is his spot to lose. Like, even even though the Canucks scored more goals against Otto, and though in, believe, the two games he played, he was he was stellar. Like, he wasn't clearly, he wasn't, like, bubble demco like the one we saw against Vegas, but we sh- we seeing like, glimpses of that. And he even said himself that was in the past, and this is a different version of himself. And, yeah, and... I don't know, I have no idea what Ian Clark is teaching in his goalies, but... Whatever it is, he's it's working. Especially it worked with Mark from last year. It's working with Demko. I have no idea exactly what kind of training methods he's giving Demko. But it's working. Like he he looks so focused. He's dialed in. And he doesn't he looks like he doesn't even want to give up a single goal. And the Canucks could've lost to the Senators in those first two games if it weren't for Demko's goaltending. And the Senators they lost 8-5 to Edmonton last night. Well, today's the first. This episode's coming out on the second. The Senators are like the worst team. They're so bad. They really are. Don't wait to code it. They're, they're a bad team. And if the Canucks are giving up like 30 or 40 shots against the Senators, it's kind of, they kind of have a problem. But against the Jets, the defense really turned it up. There were still there weren't as many odd man rushes as before there were still some turnovers but they did a really good job breaking out of the zone especially guys like Jalen Chatfield who's looked pretty solid in his first few NHL games and Jordy Ben, who's come into the lineup he didn't have the best year last year actually he wasn't really good but he he looks a lot better this year like his defensive play is, is pretty good and he's been making some good passes and he even got an assist on. Yeah, Zach McEwen's goal. Yeah, I believe it was. And. Four game win streak. Um, but yes, Jim Benning is still in the hot sheet, seat, I'll say. He probably is if. If the Canucks. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get to the point where the Canucks just start faltering and just miss the playoffs horribly. Then he'll be out, but if this kind of play continues especially against the the Habs t- tonight and tomorrow which is when you're listening to this and against the Leafs these are these are big tests for the Canucks past the first few but these are even bigger and you know just believe it was like last week or so the Habs just steamrolled the Canucks at Rogers Arena and despite they aren't the top most talented team in the world. Like they have a lot of second line, middle six guys. They don't, but they don't really have like a true first line or star in their lineup. But they're they're still a good team. They got a lot of depth, even more than the Canucks. So that has to the Canucks better dial in with. Like their, what their defense did last game, and top six, and even some secondary scoring. We got we got a Brandon Sutter hat trick against Ottawa. Tyler Montes scoring goals. Secondary scoring is nice. Okay, all we need is a J.B. goal to complete the trilogy. But there is one downside, and that's Jake for Tannen scratched against the last game against the Sens, and the. Uh, and the game against the Jets. I mean, when you're not performing and you've been pretty much invisible on the ice, that's, what's, that's what happens. I'm sorry, but I, if you're a J Truther, I'm sorry, but he is, will be nothing more than a bottom six guy. You'll never be a top six player in the NHL. He had the tools to, he's got the speed, he's got the hands, he's got the shot. But his kryptonite is his decision making and hockey IQ. And that was a an issue when he was drafted in 2014. That's what scouts were saying. He had the upside, he had the potential, but... He needs to... What he really needed to do was tighten up the decision making and play in his own end. And he combined the abilities he was already good at. To, to become a power forward in the, in the top six in the NHL. But Unfortunately, that's never happened. Because, once again, he's invisible and he plays like, sorry, Hoaglander has a much better work ethic than Vertanen. Vertanen, like, sorry, but he kind of looks lazy out there. Or invisible, like you hardly notice him. That's why I kind of think they should have moved on from him in the offseason and re-signed Foley and or Levo instead. But whatever, I guess. So Canucks in the Habs tonight and tomorrow be a tough test. We're not sure who's starting and all that. And uh, hopefully this win streak could continue in some way. Uh, yeah, around the other sports, Chelsea drew their first game with Thomas Tuchel against Wolves nil-nil and beat Burnley 2-0 still i mean i'm still hurt that frank lampard got sacked i kind of wish it was they kind of waited till the end of the season because top four despite being like seven points behind still a possibility and kind of wish they thought long term like even though they we didn't make top four it'll be all right but abramovich is an impatient man but tuchel he wants to get the best out of timo Werner and kai havertz and my god timo Werner! Like, what happened to this guy? Ha- Havertz, too. But what happened to Werner? Like, in the Bundesliga, he was a machine. Turbo Timo, they called him in Germany. But now, you can't even hit the net. And his first touch is like Lukaku's. Like, I, I love the man. But, hopefully, Tuchel can turn him around. Didn't watch the Berlin game, but when I heard Kalam odoi he was great. And... Apparently, he is the key. The defense was actually pretty good. And hopefully, Tuchel prevents a, like a system where Chelsea attack pretty well and defend well. And he gets the, the best out of Cousin Adoy, Mount, the two Germans, Havertz and Werner, and all the other Chelsea players. I mean, still early to judge Tuchel, but so far, not. Too bad for him. Uh, in the NFL, Super Bowl is the Sunday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers—they're playing, going to be playing at home despite limited fans. First Super Bowl team to play in their own stadium. Tom Brady, man, really is the goat. This is his what? Tenth Super Bowl? Oh, he's won six. He lost three. So yeah, this is tenth Super Bowl. wow and the pack they beat the packers and i can't believe the packers didn't go for the go for it on fourth down and they kicked the field goal which was just an odd decision because they needed another touchdown to tie the game or something and the bucks defense they're going to be the key because they they did well against the saints and the packers while they're facing the defending super bowl champs chiefs and patrick mahomes you know they got dangerous offense, so I think it'll come down to the Chiefs' offense and the Bucks' defense. Brady Mahomes. Uh, I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict Chiefs by Chiefs by ten. Yeah, Chiefs by ten points for the Super Bowl, and should be a fun one. The weekend will be performing at halftime. That's actually a good, good halftime choi- choice selection because. He's He's a a good singer And he's a good artist I'm not gonna lie So that This This should be fun Um Lacrosse That's gonna be A sport that's gonna be covered on The show And I don't know much about it But I'm gonna hopefully learn it Throughout this this show And especially when the season begins And we're going to be speaking to Tyson Geek. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. He's a communication manager for the NNL's Halifax Thunderbirds. He's the founder of the local Cross Flash website. And he is the in-arena host for the Vancouver Canucks. So he'll be joining me coming up next. guys. Joining us this week for the featured guest is Tyson Geek. He is the Canucks in Arena host, uh, founder of Lacrosse Flash, and communications manager for the Halifax Thunderbirds of the NNL. Tyson, how are you doing today? I'm good,
1: Joshua. It's, uh, it's actually Tyson Geek. Oh, sorry. I no, should have no asked. No problem. No problem. It's all good. Thanks for having me. Okay, so how did you become, and what's it like being
0: host for Canucks Games and any particular memories you'd like to share?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was an incredible season. It was an honor to join the team for the fiftieth anniversary season. There were a lot of, um, you know, notable alumni that were coming through the arena uh, from you know the early Canucks days. Curtenbach, uh, the the first captain of the Canucks, really cool to, to be able to meet him. Um, you know the Sidine Twins uh, came through the arena. Marcus uh, Nasland, I got to interview, who was my favorite Canuck growing up. Um, it, it was just such an amazing season, and uh, really, really cool to get to to kind of know some of the Canucks fans, um, the the longtime fans there. There's there's a lot of uh, great supporters of the team, and I grew up a Leafs fan, but um, I've been a Canucks fan ever since I, I walked through the doors of Rogers Arena. It's uh, It's been, um, you know, a a crazy journey. Uh, Unfortunately, it was cut a little bit short last year. But, um, you know, I wouldn't trade the experience for the world. And listener Andy, he asked you, how has your role changed this season? Well, this season, I I haven't um, been doing anything, just given the fact that, you know, there are no fans. So it's tough because my... Uh, Role doesn't really exist if there are no no fans. Um, I have heard though that they're playing some clips from last year um, Just when we did our sing-along and stuff. So I'm actually up on the jumbotron, but I'm not in the arena, uh, which is kind of funny, but uh, yeah, um, I was uh, I was spoken to about coming back, but um, you know That was that was last year before and at the time we thought fans were gonna be back in the arena uh, for this season so um, yeah, I'm. I'm just watching and, and cheering on the Canucks uh, this year. Unfortunately, not not with the team, but uh, once there's fans back in the um, arena, I hope to be back. Andy, also asked you, what was your or what is your favorite thing to eat at Rogers Arena? My favorite thing to eat at Rogers Arena. That's a tough one. Um, Rogers, I've heard, actually has some of the best catering. Uh, in the National Hockey League. So uh, before every game, we get to go up top um, in the upper bowl and all the media and the team staff. And um, I believe the uh, like the scouts or general managers or whoever it might be uh, are all up there kind of eating in the same area. And uh, the food's pretty good. There's like a different theme every night. I think Mexican is probably my favorite, um, but it's cool how they give us a, a variation of, uh, food to choose from up there
0: uh, that's interesting and you are like the founder of lacrosse flash and you tell for people who don't know what is lacrosse flash
1: well lacrosse flash is a um, online kind of lacrosse network um, i started it up after working with the national lacrosse league for a couple of seasons and uh, i was laid off but uh, i wanted to keep up the the coverage of, of the league and i thought um You know, there was still lots of work to do when it did come to lacrosse coverage and reached out and connected with um, some of the top lacrosse analysts out there and people that have really dedicated uh, a lot of time in their lives to the sport of lacrosse and and really care about it and want to see the sport grow. And we've formed a a pretty, pretty cool team Um, and we've just been able to offer the game of lacrosse continued coverage that didn't necessarily exist before. Um, I like to think that we offer um, unbiased coverage um, professional um, it's it's something that you know we all do for the love of the game it's not about the money and um, it's um, it's kind of taken off it's it's really cool to see what we've done with uh, with teamwork and um, you know everyone's kind of situated across the country but we all still find a way to, to work with one another and, and to do some pretty great work and we've got some pretty cool things coming up. Um, I think we're going to be involved with the U S box lacrosse association again for their nationals, which is going to be taking place in San Jose from August 6th to the 8th, uh, this summer provided that, um, you know, the borders are open and everything's, um, you know, moving properly and hopefully lots of vaccines have rolled out by then, but yeah, the lacrosse flash, we just look to, to keep continuing to, uh, Um, you know, covering the game and um, offering coverage that might not have been there before. And why should someone get into lacrosse? Well, uh, I mean, I think it's an incredibly exciting sport. I played it myself growing up, and there's something different about the the sport of of box lacrosse, indoor lacrosse, which is the National Lacrosse League. There's also field lacrosse, but uh, truthfully, you know, I don't think it's nearly as exciting as a game of of indoor lacrosse. Um, there's there's big hits, amazing goals, great saves. The games are in a lot of arenas um, across the league. It's it's like a party. You come for the party, you stay for the game, and um, it's it's extremely exciting to watch. Um, really fast paced and. It's one of the fastest growing sports in, in North America. So I'm excited to see what happens with the national lacrosse league. I think, um, the right regimes in place to, uh, have taken over. And I think you're going to see some, some pretty cool stuff, uh, coming about with the league, uh, in the next few years here. And do you have any idea what's happening with the
0: upcoming national lacrosse league season? Like, is it even happening or are there plans for a new season?
1: Yeah, there are plans. Um, I know the board of governors is discussing about uh, what the exact plan is moving forward. Um, I think there's a vote going on as to what actually does end up happening. And um, I know that everyone's working hard to uh, find out the, you know, the the best process moving forward and something that works well for the the players, the, you know, staff of all teams and, and the organizations themselves. So, I trust that um, you know the right decision will be made, and uh, we'll be able to to look forward to a season here very soon. It's um, things are supposed to start on April 9th. so um, at this point in time, that's kind of what I'm I'm focused on, and um, you know, hoping that, uh, and, and I I know that Halifax has a a very competitive team that they're going to be putting on the floor of the season and really pushing for an NLL championship. So I'm excited that whenever it does end up happening. Um, you know, Halifax has a great chance at uh, hoisting the cup this year. And you mentioned Halifax
0: Thunderbirds; they're pretty much you, they're pretty much a contender for the the championship. And how did they
1: do last year? They started off the season six and zero. Oh. Um, it was a uh, a great start for them. It was their inaugural season, so first year playing at the Scotiabank Center in Halifax. And the city of Halifax really took to the team and uh really fell in love with them and you know it's easy to see why there was a, a lot of character guys in that team a lot of the guys are going to be returning for for another year they they've signed on to remain with the team for multiple seasons so uh that's pretty positive um they they uh finished the the uh season 8 and uh 4 so uh one of the best records or the best record in the north division I should say and picked by a lot of people to actually go on to to win so it was a tough break last year to have things cut short but again uh, lots of the same players are going to be back Um, you know they're a couple years older now and there's a lot of veteran guys on the team but lots of uh, young guys as well that can really be impact players and I'm excited to see what they all do. Uh, There were some big acquisitions made in the off season. And I think that, uh, you know, the team uh, has, has some of the best coaches in the league and uh, it's just the family there in Halifax. So it's, uh, it makes it even more exciting to see what this team does.
0: Moving closer to home with the Vancouver warriors. What were some
1: takeaways from their season last year? Well, Vancouver is a team that um, they had a, a pretty difficult uh, inheritance. So um they were in a tough position given the way that they were managed coming from langley uh when the team was situated there and they were called the vancouver stealth but um it was really awesome to see the work that canuck sports and entertainment put in with the the warriors um you know the the game presentation was so much better um they got uh, paul bisonette involved and um he was he was fantastic as an ambassador for the team and a lot of the right uh moves and steps were taken by this team um in order to you know build a solid fan base and um and and you know build for the future they hadn't had a first round draft pick since i think 2014 so um you know they they traded away all their picks in in previous years and um, they just needed to kind of right the wrongs, and um, Dan Richardson, who is the the general manager of the team, has done a great job in um, turning things around there. And I think that this team is going to be very competitive in, in years to come. And um, it's a great place for the sport of lacrosse to be given the chance to succeed. Any players that stood out last season? Yeah, I mean, you, you've got your your typical guys in, in Logan Shust and Mitch Jones that are, are, you know, really fun to watch and they bring it every year. And Mitch Jones at at one point in time was in the uh, MVP conversation. Um, so, you know, to, to have a, a hometown guy, um, in those talks is, is pretty cool. Um, you know there were there were other guys like jordan mcbride fun to watch um played in, in new westminster for for a number of years and took some time off of the national lacrosse league but uh he came back when when the team moved to vancouver um and uh and he did great um so you know there's there's some guys that have been out uh, in the off season as well brett mitzke's a, a guy that uh I'm, I'm excited to see play in a Warriors uniform. He's another new Westminster guy and going to be playing close to home now. And uh, the team needs some strong defense. So um, there's uh, there's some things to be excited about uh, if you're a Vancouver Warriors fan. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I hear the NNL has an, an expansion team planned. Um, Which is that? Uh, yeah. Which
0: city is that?
1: Yeah, Panther City Lacrosse Club. So that's they're going to be playing out of Fort Worth, uh, Texas. Um, so they will enter the league next season. Um, so, the, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting time for the league. Uh, they're expanding pretty quickly and they got a, a, you know, a great facility down there to, to play out of. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what that team does. All right, moving on to the Canucks and your thoughts on
0: the last few games for the Canucks?
1: Well, the last few games, I mean, they look great. Um, you know anytime you're you're able to put up that many goals and and hold your opponents to uh, just about one per game I think you're in good shape Um, they've had players that have kind of stepped up this season and you know there were some trade talks surrounding Brock Besser in the past but I think he's put those to rest pretty quickly and um, Nils Hoaglander has, has been fantastic and a great player to watch and gets you pretty pumped about the future with with him and um, there was a lot of things that the team needed to clean up, but in the past week, they've looked like a different club. Um, I think the true test is going to come tonight against the, uh, the, the Montreal Canadiens, and um, they're a, a tougher team. Vancouver uh, picked up their first win at, uh, in regulation at the uh, Bell MTS place in Winnipeg uh, against the, um, the Jets the other night, so I thought that was pretty cool and a, a really interesting stat. They haven't had much luck in that arena so it just goes to show what the um, the fan base kind of does for that team uh, when they're actually in the arena. But um, yeah, I think you know, moving forward, the team is now above five hundred, so that's uh, that's good because they were they were dipping there for a bit. I think they had some people concerned. Thatcher Demko was named the, um, the top player of the week, um, and if you get go- good goaltending from him, I mean, we saw what happened in last year's playoffs when they were. Playing the Golden Knights and Markstrom went down and Demko came in and he was absolutely lights out. Uh, just what it could mean for this team. So they've got great firepower up front. I think the defense needs to be a little bit stronger and just more consistent. But uh, if they're getting that good goaltending, it's uh, it means good things for this team. Do you think Nils Hoaglander
0: is a candidate for the Calder Memorial Trophy?
1: I think it's still a little bit too early to say. I mean we're only what 11 games uh, into the season here. I think, you know, although the season is moving quite quickly um, there's still lots of time and uh, lots of things to be seen uh, just, just moving forward. But uh, he's certainly been uh, extremely confident in that lineup and he's playing the game like a veteran. And I think he's got the trust of all his teammates or at least that's the way that it it appears. So I think, um, you know, if, these this first part of the season um, says anything about his play, it's that he, he can be in that conversation. And who have your, been your top three players for the Canucks this season? Well, I think uh, Bo Horvat found another uh, level in his game in last year's playoffs, and he was uh, a big reason why the Canucks were able to take down the, the St. Louis Blues. He put the team on his back at times, and um he really you know grew into his role as the captain of the team and became that leader and um he's been really fun to watch and uh definitely you know one of my favorites night in and night out I think uh, Brock Besser as I I previously mentioned is um he's been terrific and just uh, a lot more confident on, on the ice and his shot is um is is top-notch and then you've got thatcher demko as well who like i said he's starting to find his game so um really liked watching uh watching these guys i think tyler mott's been uh you know pretty great this year he's he's surpassed his uh total in goals in a, in a given season already and um i think his trajectory is is pretty awesome here so he's got to keep um going on the same track but yeah, they've they've been fun to watch. I mean, there was there was a time, like I said, everyone was pretty concerned, but I think that um, they're on the right track now. And how can
0: the Canucks avoid another disaster class against the Habs? Not just tonight, but tomorrow
1: as well. It's all about defense for the team. I think watching those those you know uh, initial games against the Canadians, they were giving up so many odd man rushes, and the, the defense just wasn't. Uh, dialed in in terms of their positioning. They were giving up those odd man rushes and a player like Tyler Toffoli just capitalized on that as we saw. And um, I I think you're going to see a much different effort from the team and uh, probably a more strategic uh, style of play on on defense and just keep things simple. I think the team needs to stay out of the box and stay disciplined as well because uh, that proved to be a problem too. But um, I mean, that's... uh, that's the biggest key to success. There is bail your goalie out a little bit because they weren't giving Holtby or Demko much of a chance to win in in those games. But uh, as I did say, you know Demko's figured out his game and he's playing quite strong. So I think you're going to see a, a much different looking Canucks team tonight against the uh, the Habs. Got two more listener questions. One from Lucas Gates.
0: He asks, "How does it feel to work with two organizations?" And do completely different
1: sports from both ends of the country. (laughs) Uh, Well, shout out to my boy Lucas. He's uh, he's a great employee of Connect Sports and Entertainment, and always a smiling face. And his energy is infectious. So thanks for the question, Lucas. Um, It's it's really cool. Um, You know that that's been one of the most amazing parts about working in sports is the places that it's taken me and the people that I've been able to cross paths with and the fan bases that I've got to learn a little bit about and I'm, I'm still learning that with Halifax. Uh, I, I mean, I'm still learning that with the Canucks as well, but um, it's uh, it's, it's been pretty awesome. And, you know, Halifax and Vancouver are two vastly different cities. I think the, the, the lifestyle is, is different, but um, the, uh, the, the fandom is um, is kind of similar. I mean, both, both very passionate fan bases about whatever team that they're supporting. Um, I think that, uh, the Halifax is pretty cool in the sense that they don't have that, um, big four sport in the city and they really do support their, their moose heads in the queue. And, um, and they showed that they, they really do want to support the Thunderbirds in the, uh, in the NLL as well. So, you know, watching that is, is, um, is pretty awesome. And hopefully one day there, there is a big four sport that, uh, that um, calls Halifax home. But um, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Um, Again, you know, I've loved working in Vancouver and getting to know Canucks fans and, and chatting with people here and hearing the stories about the team and um, learning a little something different and, and now doing the same in Halifax is really cool. Andy has another question.
0: So this one's for both of us. Yep. What is one hobby slash new interest you've acquired during COVID?
1: All right. Well, I'm excited to hear yours. What, uh,
0: what have you got? Oh, I guess the obvious answer is this podcast Yeah, and which uh, is hopefully my portfolio going into sports media. Um, other than that, uh, I guess stock trading, uh, but not much really has, has changed for me.
1: Stock trading is a good one. That's some. Yeah that, uh, that i 'd love to get into, um, I actually started my own production company um, during covid I guess it started up probably March and in, in last year and been teaching myself all about um, audio recording and, and shooting video and photography and there 's so much to learn it 's been uh, exhausting at times, and my head kind of spins it 's tough to get a grasp on everything, but uh, that 's what 's kind of kept me busy over the um, over the last year or so. should also say video editing is another interest I've had.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Um, final question for you is a question I ask every single guest. Um, they get to pick a song of their choice for their intro. Do you have anything in mind? Sorry, can you ask that again? Sorry, um, no worries. Um,
1: do you have a – Would you? What, what song would you like to have for your intro? Could be anything. Oh, my intro. Um, okay. can, I, can I go with – I'm still standing by Elton John. Yes, yes, of course. All right. That's a good one. I, I like that one. All right, Tyson. Thanks
0: for coming on the show and hopefully we can do this sometime again, in the future, especially when lacrosse is back.
1: Yeah. Let's uh, let's hope so fingers crossed that we're able to, uh, to look forward to a season very soon here. And again, I'm, I'm confident that we will be, but uh, I appreciate you having me on Joshua and thanks for the, the chat. Yeah, no worries. And uh, thanks for coming on.
0: Stick around for the best and worst of Twitter. Let me ask you something. Would you like to listen to a sports podcast and learn how to turn $1 into a five-figure sum? Ever heard of the word parlay before? Then join me, Malcolm Ert, the host of Point Shot every week. We talk about the news and notes from around the NHL, focusing on the only team we really care about, though, our Vancouver Canucks, as well as my favorite new topic, sports betting. Catch us wherever you find your podcasts. Okay, time for the best and worst of Twitter, Right, take a look at the best and worst tweets of the week. Yep, that, this segment is staying because apparently people, a lot of people like it. I love doing it. So, here we go. So let me bring up my bookmarks. Here's one for worse. David Boo, former Canuck tweets, what's more dangerous? A new COVID strand that has probably killed 6,300 humans or the new Democratic Party strand that has killed 63 million? Fact check this one. Huh? Just, huh? Like I, like, I don't even know what to say about this. Huh? Let me repeat again. What's more dangerous? A new COVID strand that has, has probably killed 6,300 humans or the new Democratic Party that has killed 63 million humans? Fact check this one. This is from David Booth, former Canuck. Huh? Uh, Aaron West Um, tweets, please. Press F to pay respect for possibly the worst f- football take I've ever had, and it's a screenshot. A quote tweets a tweet of him greeting Dan Mustafi's transfer to Arsenal in 2016, and a, and he's like <laughs> one of the worst defenders in the Premier League. Uh, this one's oh, This one's for those two were for worst. This one's for best. Pengu at XN says still mental to this day how joji went from portraying such an edgy character like filthy frank to one of the strongest artists in the current era of music okay so you don't know joji he's a japanese singer r&b singer he has a little bit of rap he has two albums and an ep ballads one nectar forgot what the ep's called he's known for songs like slow dancing in the dark uh sanctuary run and a bunch of others he's a good singer but before i've been a fan of his for a while like since high school but before he was joji he was a youtuber named filthy frank now if you don't know filthy frank he like you can't when you listen to joji's music and watch filthy frank you can't believe it's the same guy because filthy frank was one of the funniest most disgusting and most disturbing youtubers ever He'd just, he'd be making videos, like, he'd be, like, going on the street pranking people, he'd be, he'd make rat soup, hair cake, he'd be talking about doing commentaries on the culture of the internet, he's pretty much the embodiment of everything a person should not be, and go read his bio, and go check, check out Filthy Frank, like, don't start something slow like the life hacks video that's one of my favorites or the weeboos video or the videos where he teaches you racist or pick up lines in japanese it's just satire joji was portraying a character and he also had this pink bodysuit where he was the pink guy where he go around town go and say stuff like hey boss i have a cancer and hamburger please and also make music as pink guy just like hysterical music and that was the bridge between youtube and music for him so now he's an rb artist called joji and he's quit youtube ever since so check out filthy frank check out joji's music boss uh moving on this one's worse a guy named ricky tweets at jd burke i tuned on your show for the first time in my life in the car and not knowing it was you and all i got to say I'm glad you're a time slot that doesn't attract the listeners. I called in and I would have ripped you and your buddy a new one. Vancouver Sports Radio hasn't looked worse. And he also said that his voice sounds like he's been bullied his entire life. Like, come on, man. I know you don't like JD, but don't say stuff like that. Like, don't attack him personally. You can say what you want for his hockey taste, but JD is a genuinely good guy. He came on my show. He's willing to give um, advice to young media people. Like, I like say what you want for his hockey takes, but I don't get the hate for him. I don't. Um. I don't know if this one's best or worst. I didn't even know Rebecca Black was still a thing. You know the song, the little singer that sang It's Friday, Friday, yeah. Her. She quote tweets Anthony Fantano's review of her new song, Girlfriend. Then she says, Why is Pitbull reviewing my song? I don't know if that's best or worst. I didn't even know she was still a thing. Uh, Best Mode tweets, 20-minute stationary bike warm-up, 12 rounds of heavy bag, 3-kilometer light jog for a cool-down, dinner, roasted chicken breast, on kale with apples, toasted almonds, olive oil, and balsamic. LOL, just kidding. I ordered a large pizza for the Canucks game. Yep, that's a mood. Another one for Best is Jack from at CFC Sully, one of these Germans lost 1-0 to Burnley at home. It's a picture of Thomas Tuchel and Jurgen Klopp. And Jurgen Klopp was the one that lost. And I'll end it with uh, perfectly cut shots. Just listen to this. Hold up.
1: Donald is always fucking up my order bro. I asked for Sprite and they gave me clown juice.
0: Oh, that, like that was pretty, f- pretty funny. So that'll conclude the best and worst of Twitter this week, and the new, and uh, that concludes this week's episode. It'll be another one this week, but hope you enjoyed it. A review. Follow me on Twitter, josh 91 Follow the show on Twitter, app Discussers. Same handles for Instagram. Uh, check out the Area 51 Sports Network, and all that. And hope you enjoyed. This today's episode stick around for more content tell me what i'm doing right tell me what i'm doing wrong you're the best and peace out